Jesse Douglas Smith McGraw, and this is What Moves You with Jesse. I'm a transformative coach on a mission to share an understanding of how our minds work that challenges how we react to life and our thoughts. I love to share stories and common sense ideas that empower you to take charge of yourself in a way that brings immediate and profound change. What I know to be true is that we are all innately healthy and doing our best with the thinking we have available to us on a moment-to-moment basis. And waking up to this will change what moves you. I'm so happy you're here. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to What Moves You with Jesse. Today, we have an incredible guest that I am thrilled to share with you. I have Rob Cook. Rob, say hi to the fam. (laughs) What's going on? (laughs) Oh, man, super excited to be here. Thank you so much for saying yes. Um, so to give a little bit of a, of, of a intro that, that as far as why you are here and why it's important to me that you are here, um, Rob is a, well, he's a, a coach and has an incredible program called Life After Trauma, and he's going to tell us more about his experiences and, and all the things that I want him to share with you to, to be informed about all of what he's up to in the world. But the reason why we are connected is because we are both practitioners in the Three Principles Global Community, and Rob Cook is the host of the Three Principles Global Community podcast, and I was lucky enough to be a guest on that podcast recently, and it felt like we were two stars in the sky that exploded when we <laughs> first met and met each, you know, and saw each other over Zoom. And um, after our interview, we stayed on the call for at least another half an hour because, I mean, on my end, you know, I don't know how you felt about this, Rob, but on my end, I just couldn't get enough. And I kept getting the whisper from inside that, you know, this is the beginning of of a really wonderful relationship and we don't know where this is. I don't know where this is going to go, but that's really exciting to me. I love when I get that feeling when I meet somebody. And also I kept getting the whisper of have him on the podcast, have him on the podcast. (laughs) And then finally... I had the courage to say, you know what, would you by any chance be willing to be a guest on the podcast? (laughs) Um, And so it really is, it really, I'm just so, so thrilled to have you on and be able to share your perspective of how you've come to this understanding that I share with everybody on this podcast um, through your own way and what, what your what your story is, and then also your light, Rob, because you literally, you were so sweet to say some wonderful things about me when we first met, but the same goes to you. You are, you just explode off the page when, um, whenever I, I see your face crossing my world in social media or on podcasts or any of Uh, these things. So it's just really, really great to be, to be in relationship. So thank you so much. No, thank you for having me and ditto on it all. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. <laughs> nice. So 
where I would love to start is kind of, you know, let's start at the beginning and whatever that beginning means to you. Can you please tell us a little bit about you? Oh, yeah. Um, first and foremost, I think what I, I love people knowing about me most is that I really enjoy living life. Like I, I really, um, I was talking about this earlier on a program. It's as if I don't even get excited about dreaming anymore because I really enjoy living. Um, and not to say that everything always goes in my favor, but it's just this, this aliveness that I enjoy about it all, the whole, the up and the down, um, how I respond to it, how I deal with it, what it brings, you know. Um, so I think that's the, probably the most important thing I would like anyone to know about me. And from there, that feeling, that aliveness comes out in me as a coach. So yes, I am a coach. I have clients who have been through trauma or sticking points, whichever you know term you want to use for it. Um, it shows up as a um, a speaker. I publicly speak on life after trauma, uh, as well as a lot of um, military topics because I spent 21 years uh, in the U.S. Air Force. So a lot of times people want to hear about experiences from, you know, what it was like being in the military, especially because of the unique job I had, which was protecting high value dollar um, items or people. <laughs> so nuclear weapons or somebody that's very important to our nation's defense that someone wants to kill. So, um, you know, that part. But again, all of that comes from that space of just being alive, man. It's It's been one hell of a ride. Uh, and it's, it's not, again, not all been good, but it's been reflecting back in hindsight. It's been, wow. Uh, amazing is probably the, the term I would use. Cause I don't have something for, for more, but yeah, I mean, it's a whole bunch of other things in there. Of course, me being a father, me being a husband, you know, a brother, a, a son, all of that, but yeah, whatever way you can think of the aliveness oozing through them is probably how it, how it happens, <laughs> you know? <laughs> wow. What, so what brought you to this work? Was it your experience in, um, in the military and what, and the after effects of that, and you were searching for something or what made you look, what, Yes. What brought you here? What brought you here? Period. Go there first. <laughs> well, uh, I would say what brought me here was a, a collection of, of a bunch of things. Um, one, having someone see something in me that I didn't see in myself was one one common thread I can think about of all the all the pivotal moments in my life that kind of drove me to this point. The common, there are a few common threads, but one of the common threads that ran through them was that someone saw something in me that I didn't see in myself. Second was that um, they also asked a challenging question, which required me to look in. And then lastly, they guided me or pointed me to a direction of travel that was going to be beneficial for me. And I could, I could take that same narrative and apply it to the template of a guy who I was in a gang with who taught me how to never lay down because he was kicking my ass. But he kept screaming to me, get up. 
And it was something happening in, in him hitting me and knocking me back down, but screaming to get up that I developed this never quit fighting attitude. So again, he saw something in me. He challenged me definitely by kicking my ass, but he also guided me to somewhere. In the military, I had a senior leader once um, question me in a way that I hadn't been questioned before. And, and, and he, he asked me to come into his office and remove my blouse. And, and, and it, for anyone in the military, your, your garment, your outer garment or your blouse is where your rank and name is located. And so by, by setting context, what he was essentially saying is take off your blouse so it's just man to man or, or just human to human talking. And he proceeds to, to uh, hit me with some questions that I'd never thought about before. And, and it, one of the quotes in particular was, you have so much damn potential, why do you waste it acting hood? And it was the first time anything ever alluded to I had another option with the way I was behaving. Like, it was like, well, what do you mean? Of, of course I'm acting hood. I'm hood. Like, that's, but it, what I was realizing, or now hindsight looking at it, is it was the first time I really had saw I could do something different from that challenge. And, and his challenging question was, that was his seeing something in me, the potential. His challenging question was, I mean, because if you really wanted to be hood, why didn't you just stay there? And at this point, I had been through basic training. I had been through my technical training school. And I was at my first duty station probably at this point for six to eight months. And he was like, if you were going to go through all that, why wouldn't you just stay there? Wow. And I didn't know what to do with that. And then he helped guide me. And ultimately, I landed um, in a position where I was highly recognized and highly achieved in my position and my military career. Um, and I, I was blessed to receive Air Force level awards. I was blessed to receive city of commerce level awards for leadership and things like that, as well as um, a blessing of being taught leadership from various men and women from around the world. Um, I consider it a, a blessing. And then into my life now, my, my mentor, Michael Neal, who's a, also a transformation coach and catalyst, um, did the same thing when I met him at a dinner party. Saw something in me that I didn't see in myself. Got a question to spark me. And then he's been my God as such. So long answer to your question is, I don't think I know anything else. I, I don't think I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm thankful that I get to be the person who's not asking ever than having to be the person all the time, needing somebody to wake me up to what was inside of me. Um, so, I mean, that's how I pretty much spend my days trying to turn in various ways to wake people up to themselves with some type of challenging question that requires them to look in. Um, and if necessary, I'm their guy or I can help them find the guy that they need. Um, that's the game I play. Yes. Wow. What would you say about that moment when, when you're, um, oh God, 
obviously I do not have military background because I want to <laughs> say, you know, the leader or your colleague. Can you tell me again, what would you have called the man that t- told you to take your blouse off? Ah, he was a chief master sergeant. So he was the highest enlisted rank that you can get. So okay. of all of the people in the in, in the Air Force, only 1% get to that rank through that land. Wow. Jesus Christ. Okay. So when he said to you, why would you go through all of this when you could have just stayed home? Yeah. You realized it sounds to me like all of a sudden some space opened up inside of you and you were like, holy shit, there's options. Yeah. yeah. Can you tell me what that felt like and what that experience was like a little bit for you? Uh, very similar to, to when it's happened every other time, um, not knowing to do with the, the feeling, the immediate thing was to label this new feeling as something bad, um, or to, to identify this new feeling I had as something uncomfortable. Um, and, and I think what the settling down did was just allow me to see it was just something new. I just didn't have reference points for it any, you know, and, and I think the first time, yeah, it scared the shit out of me to have options because again, it's my first time becoming aware that options exist. Basic training was a shell shock for me in the sense that, wait, everybody, not in the gang. Everybody don't grow up like fighting or I had met guys who've never been in an actual fight before. And I'm like, how in the hell did you make it through school? Like we would in school, you would, if you had been in a fight, somebody's coming around. Like we got to fight then because it was like, this is what, how we take care of each other by teaching each other these things. Yeah. Like, um, so yeah, it was, it was seeing, wait, not not so much even that there was an option that I was I was even in the power to step in it or or have it I could obtain it like that possibility almost was like wait what I could I could be something in this military game because I used it as an escape goat I mean I wasn't patriotic let's be honest I was I was trying to get away from I was running from one situation to another but it had never occurred on me I could do this it was like, oh, they're gonna they're gonna take me. They're gonna hide me out. Woo! I made it this far. You know, hide out. Don't don't make no trouble. Well, it should have been, but I made a lot of trouble. But <laughs> yeah, you know. Uh, but yeah, once I realized I could, that was the that was the trigger. He sent me to a new base, and from there, it was it was we gone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. the shot was gone, man. What's so what I think is so significant that just was like pow to me when you just said your that piece was that that feeling of new was you you could you naturally felt that it was uncomfortable which i feel like that almost that word has almost come to you in the work that we do now but i i think your instinct when you were like it was bad yeah <laughs> yeah absolutely. <laughs> absolutely i think so many people can relate to that because yeah. it's that sense of control that we have when we feel like we have figured out our identity and when you finally when you start to kind of see even if what you were identifying with was good Yeah, was yeah, was good. Or however, you know, the fact that you kind of 
that that sense of 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 opening up it's, it's just it's it really is uh insightful for me for you to say that actually felt bad and uncomfortable at first because i think that that is so many of us um are so desperate for change that when it starts to happen it feels so uncomfortable that we have a really hard time hanging out there because it it because it's such a new and different feeling can you um can you speak on that a little bit absolutely yeah yeah it's um Michael, Michael, my mentor, tells this this story um, that I, I really like, and it kind of helps illustrate it a little bit. If if a person is in a dark room and they're bumping, they know there's a light switch on the wall, and they're bumping all through this room. They're knocking everything down, you know, um, and then they finally get over to the light switch and click it on, and then lights up the whole room. That person sits with one of two choices. They can be upset and scared by the fact that they lived in the dark once and had knocked over a bunch of things. They could beat themselves up about it for the rest of their lives. Or option two would be just be grateful you how you now have light. <laughs> and so when when it happened the first time, my instinct was to beat myself up that I had made it this far and not know it was options. Wow. wow. I should have known. I should have known. And over the course of having a few more experiences and growing and maturing and, 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 and life just lifing became now I'm just happy for the life. And it's crazy because even as lit as the room is, I still bump into shit. <laughs> you know, like so. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> that's 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 how it is. It's yes, it's it it's uncomfortable. And I don't even know, honestly, now that the, listening to the way you phrased the question, I don't even know if it felt bad. Other than the feeling, just had the narrative on top of it of bad. I don't even know if I gave the feeling a chance because I was trying to push it back down. I was trying to push it down the bad sink or the bad pipe. You know, I don't even, I don't even know if I really gave it a chance to feel it just cause it's new. It's bad was, was the, the thing on it. Um, but yeah, now I'm, I'm very much, um, through, through again, the, the living and lifing, lifing. I, I absolutely love that space. I don't tend to like knowing what's going on that much now. Um, I feel like I'm clogging up a vessel almost. And it's like, I got like, I, like, I don't want you to put nothing in my cup, and, you know, cause I, I I'm just, you know, uh, so yeah. Yeah. Now it's, I could care less about a, a new feeling. I'm willing to explore it for, for what it is. Wow. Wow. I'm curious. Um, your wife, because you are married, mm -hmm. has she been with you since before this transformation of you seeing? <laughs> yeah. She was with you before? Uh, Have you guys had conversations around what it's like to experience you in such a different way? Um, 
Yes, but from the from a question and answer way of me asking her, how did you treat me like this while I was sick? Oh, yeah. She's, again, one of those loops. She saw something in me. So I've always, in her eyes, been a king, the way she said it. Mm -hmm. Even when none of my behaviors or none of my characteristics or none of the way I show up as a human being said, she never stopped saying it. And she hung out with me and she she had one question for me. We've only we've been together, I think, nine years now, eight, nine years. Um, and we've had one argument. And the one argument was one time um I was screaming about feeling controlled, like you're not gonna control me. And um I remember saying, I'm a grown ass man, you're not gonna control me. And I said, I'm a grown ass man, you know, and the room goes quiet. She walks over, she kind of grabs my hand, you know, rubbing it a little bit. And she's like, I think I'm the only one in this room that knows that's true. And I walked out and I cried probably for a couple hours. Because it was like, you don't, you don't walk around screaming what you are. You just be it. And so, yeah, that was it. <laughs> so I've never, I've never had anything negative to say to her. She is, she is, um, I don't care what she does, honestly. Even like she's, she's a workaholic, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so that just means I schedule my time. So I make sure I schedule my time. Yeah. Like if I like it's she's a work that's what thrives her. She loves her job. Cool. I she's a clockwork person. Like she works on I schedule my time. Yeah. And I I don't miss it. You know what I mean? To book it in. And then when it's not that timing, I don't get mad. Yeah. Like if I walk in the house and she's doing nothing, we start talking and then she picks up work. I end the convo, come on back out and start doing what I do. Cause that brings her joy right now. I see that, you know, um, the, um, yeah, it's just, it's, it's weird because it's, it's like uh, the honoring of something else. Like the, the trivial stuff don't matter. Toilet seat, toilet paper down. It's like, it's like something else for somebody to see that, do that and live through and have, a horror story experience, but then still see me through these hard eyes. What what are you supposed to do with that? <laughs> like, what else can you do with that? You know? So, yeah. yeah. Yes. What a gift that she has the, just the presence of mind to be able to, I just, I'm, I'm left a little bit speechless, which I'm sure everybody listening to kind of felt a little bit of a slap across the face on that one. When you said what she said, you know, no. she, well, she, I, and, and to, this is honestly another a, a reason why it's because she, she grew up in, um, it's called rays of the dawn. I don't know the, it would be a modality, so to speak, where her parents, um, they would go to, um, to like intensives or conferences and things like that and talk about it. 
and and the guy who was their guru, so to speak, or the individual who who had um, who was teaching them, name was I think Thurman Fleet, and so he taught these laws of the body, laws of the spirit, laws of the soul, and if you follow the laws, then you would have a prosperous and a success. And some of the laws are things like non-interference. Things are going to be what they are going to be. Um, it, some of them is kind of like service without injecting your personal peace into it, thinking what the end result will be and things like that. And I'll never forget when, when I came into the three principal understanding and I was on fire and, you know, ah, blah, blah, blah. I think I got the key to the world type thing. I remember trying to convince her to use my language. Hmm. So I would feel more comfortable. But I knew we was always talking about the same thing. Yes. And so it was like, again, another, well, why would I do that? (laughs) (laughs) Like, you know what I mean? Kind of like the same thing the chief asked me, like, well, why would I do that? If she has a comfortable tone or, or she has her own references for truth that I can, I've read and totally understand. Why would I ever try to, like, it didn't make sense to try to convince her of it. So she would never say anything about three principles or know. She knows what they are because she knows me and Michael do a lot of work together. She's heard me speak before and things like that. But to her, it's just the way she is based on how they grew. Now, my her mom, my mother-in-law, will sit and talk to me about it all day long with books and things like that because she's, you know, uh, but for for low, it's just it's just how she is. Like to her, it's that's how it works. Um, yes. Yeah. yes, 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 that's fantastic. And for everybody out there that's listening, I have mentioned it in previous podcasts. But when we say three principles, that is the community that we're referencing of the inside out understanding that we are always creating our experience of life on the inside. And that becomes the filter of how we see life and how we perceive life. So when you start to kind of wake up to that, you realize there's a lot more choices and freedom. So uh, anyway, it's, it's, it's amazing because it takes you home to yourself, which is, you know, you know, so can you, can we go back a little bit? I would love to know what, tell me uh, why you went from being a kid that was scrappy <laughs> to go in, I'm going to join the military. What <laughs> was that moment? What, 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 you know, or, or series of moments or what, tell me about that. Um, so was honest, it was funny is go, coming back to is how I started. I was actually a silly kid at first. I was a silly kid, uh, you know, want to make people laugh, kind of like a jokester and and not pranks wise, but just something I always kind of make people laugh. I always wanted people to laugh. And you always just get told that's going to get my ass kicked. Like you can't be nice to people. Somebody going to take advantage of you. Stop being like that. And so then I start honing in the frown and then came the the aggressive behaviors because I can mimic, you know, my my environment uh, very well. And what was happening was I started mimicking every environment. And so the way it appeared to me, sports was going to be my only way out of this shithole. Um, 
again, my, my perception at, at that point in time. And so I dove into sports. Um, I wasn't as good as a athlete as I thought. <laughs> at, least, <laughs> at least as far as college, you know, uh, went, had very small opportunities, but also would have needed money from my mom to make it happen. And that wasn't going to happen either. And so um, when I graduated high school, I was out um, for uh, probably about a good 10 months to a year just nothing mm -hmm. and uh i had two friends get killed in the span of of like a month or something and my i think i don't know what it was but i remember my mom just just coming in the house one day like you gotta get out of here like i had never seen her panic like that before like she pleading was would probably be the word like you gotta get out of here um and so that was kind of like the first thought of, okay, I'll leave. And then again, like anything new, thinking of the possibility of leaving, I made up all the reasons I shouldn't leave. Um, and I originally picked the Marine Corps so they could tell me I couldn't go. Because I knew they were hard. I knew they were hard. Uh, I knew they were hard. And, and of course, I ended up not making it past their entry part, like the part before the beginning because I couldn't deal with people screaming at me the way they did. Uh, it was like the initial process in MEPS before, before anything. And I was telling the guy, my mom made me tell the guy myself, like, I'm not going. She was like, you gotta be a man, go tell him yourself. And I walked to the Marine recruiter's office uh, to tell him I wasn't gonna be a Marine. And I'll never forget, he said, yeah, Marine, being a Marine is not for everyone. And it ticked, it pissed me off. <laughs> it pissed me off. And uh, I'm walking out, I'm mad, and Air Force recruiter is walking up to me, and he has on a beret. Uh, no, I'm sorry, he didn't. He had on a hat, but he had a beret in his hand. And he says, Rob? And I was like, yeah. He was like, hey, your mom said she was going to do something right quick. She said we can grab lunch. And I'm like, okay, I ain't got no money though. Like, he was like, no, it's on me. So we go eat lunch and he's asking me these questions. And he's like, um, you know, you could play sports in the military. You could see the world, but like, he's gassing me. Like he, he sold me a dream. He was one hell of a recruiter boy. He, I, he done read every sales book there is because he painted <laughs> that shit so beautifully. I didn't have no objections. I didn't have like, I was like, sign me up. Right. And it took me a while to get in because of other stuff I had going on as a kid and all that. But I finally got in. And I remember not wanting to go right before it was time to go, like feeling like I can't go like I'm like I can't. I'm leaving this behind. I'm leaving that behind. And then. Do it. The jump, you know. And then, of course, it felt like the worst decision ever, basic training and things like that. But looking back at it now, that's absolutely not one thing I would change about my life if I know I get to feel like I'm feeling right now. Yes. I'll take it all. Yeah. All right. Uh, so that was that was kind of it. It was just a, my first run, my first runaway attempt, you know. Um, yeah. yeah. There's something to be said for, and I think there's something significant that I would love for you to point to, 
Um, I have absolutely had conversations with people who kind of have a hard time with the idea that they have kind of fallen into things their whole life versus having a plan and knowing where, you know, this is what my purpose is and this is what I'm meant to do. And this is what I'm going to go for. Mm -hmm. And instead have found themselves just kind of falling into things. Now I have a really positive perspective on what that is. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm sure you do too, but I would just love to hear from you what, what, you know, because like you said, you know, each step of the way, it was like something was suggested and, it either resonated or it didn't and you bubbled with it, you know, to give it a lighthearted word, (laughs) wrestled with it, negotiated with it, whatever, you know, but, um, it sounds to me like, again, like the fact that things were suggested to you, the fact that somebody else in your life saw something in you that piqued your interest and made you go, wait a second, what? And those kinds of, that was kind of the journey of how things kept unfolding and opening up for you. And I feel like that is just from where I sit, that is such a grounded and kind of deeply spiritual way to move through life, even if you weren't conscious of it through half of the process of all of that. Uh, about three fourths of it, not conscious. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> about three fourths of it, not conscious of at all. Absolutely. So if you had somebody that was sitting in front of you and you were the practitioner, you were the coach, and they struggled with the idea that they had kind of felt like they were led by opportunity as opposed to them having a plan or them having an idea or desire, um, and they had a lot of judgment around it for themselves. Can you kind of give some perspective on what that, what just whatever occurs to you to to share about that? Yeah, Um I remember using this one analogy um, when I first started trying to deal with my thoughts. And that was, um, I've went into a restaurant before and thought it was going to be good. And the food sucked. And I've walked into a restaurant and thought the food wasn't going to be that good. And it turned out to be amazing. And I remember, I think it was somebody I was with, probably even Michael at that point, that said, well, that just doesn't seem like a good decision-making mechanism. Yeah. <laughs> like, it, it's it's up for grabs if that, like, okay. So then it was like, okay, well, then let's let's move to something else. The reason I talk this way and speak of this is because I did try. I had a, I tried the path written out. I tried the um, meeting all the metrics of everyone else. I tried the service to the world without taking care of myself. I tried the, um, I'm going to be the mean as big as baddest. I tried the, I've tried so many other ways to make my existence of life culpable. You know, I've tried the waking up, starting the day with the drink. Got it. I've tried to cry myself to sleep in a bed and in, in, in a jail cell. Tried it. Like I've cried myself to sleep in a deployment, you know, scared. Like I've tried all kinds of ways to live. For me, this is the only understanding that I've ever had that makes sense of all the things. It's the only way I can articulate my life. Now, of course, 
it may sound like I had it together. What I have together is the hindsight to talk about it. It was a mess when I was going through it and you couldn't have saw, you know, this, but, but hindsight now allows me to see all of that, reflect on it um, and, and continue growing as a result of it. So yeah, when that, when that space is there, man, like, and it's there innocently. Like the, the, the brain is like, Jesse, listen, if you jump, we probably going to fall. Just like, don't jump, please don't like, cause I don't want to fall and it's falling hurts and our legs are gone. So it's, it's only job is trying to survive. Yeah. Right. And, and once we know that we won't use that as the decision-making mechanism either. Right. And I think what I did is I've just tried a bunch of different things to use as my governing device and wisdom and God is the one that works best for me. And, and that doesn't show up in a way that makes me argue with people about which one shows up best for them. Like if you up for seeing something new, I'm all in with you, but it's your choice. If you choose to stay where you are too. Yeah. I mean, I do the, I do work in, in inner city um, detention centers and it's like, Bro, if you bang and you get put in jail, I'm still going to love you. Like, I'm, yeah, I got you. You know, you just, our relationship is you in jail. That's all. Like, cool. <laughs> you know, like, it doesn't bother me either way. Like, I would have liked it if you would have been out and we could have continued working on things. But that's not, that's not it. So cool. I'll take it how we get it. Yes. When you say, um my first question that that occurred to me was okay i want him to tell us then what he believes is is the more powerful effective grounded decision making place and then you also mentioned god and i would love for you to kind of connect those two and and share what it you know what is another word for god for people who might not totally be able yeah, to yeah. you know they've got enough conditioning going on inside because <laughs> yeah. i'm telling you up up till about yeah. it up, up to only a few years ago the word god shut me down immediately until i yeah. realized god wasn't a big enough word for what i'm talking about <laughs> yeah. it's the con it's, it's always that con concept or context and attachment we have around it but i, I most definitely would love that um when when I talk about pretty much anything, um, I explain it like this. For me, I define God as the universal intelligence of life. It's also defined as mind. It's all the most people say now, right? But it is it is the invisible, formless energy that is responsible for the sun rising and setting, the stars floating the grass growing, the seasons happening, my respiratory tract, my lung, like uh, that same that makes the little stray dogs run across to all of that, whatever it is. If it's alive, the same creative energy is running through it. The same aliveness is running through it, right? And in and, and three principle world, we call that mind, right? And again, it's one of those things where I could care less about the words. If you know the essence and the feeling of what I'm saying, we're talking about the same thing. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and then there's, for me, my consciousness, my body, my senses, 
my sight, my touch, my, my, you know, my, my ego, everything. That's my human experience, right? That's how I get to make sense of my, my formless energy because it's in this human body and I get to experience it by, by feel. And that's form. And so there's a gateway in between that form and that formless that kind of directs and governs. And that's what I call the power of thought. Yes. And, and so, for instance, for me to do anything in my world of form, I have to first go to my spiritual nature, my, my world of formless, and let it be sparked through thought for me to manifest. Case in point. Anything around us, the picture behind you, the, 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 the microphone here came from someone thinking from an invisible place through their consciousness, their body, they brought it to form. All right. And then now we get to use it. That's it. That's it for me. Like it's no, it's no, it doesn't. Because what most people tend to think is, oh, well, once I understand the principles, my life will be great, or I'll make a lot of money, or I'll do this, or I'll do that. In Rob's opinion, the three principles have absolutely nothing to do with any results and all of that, period. We're just talking mechanically how these things work. Yes. Not what they work and do, not what you're going to get, not oh, how to use it or weaponize it, none of that. It just, for me, explains how I experience my life. Yes. You know, because for me, it was it used to be hard because I didn't understand the 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 gap. It always seemed like there was a gap that I just couldn't make sense of. Uh, and and in um, Sidney Banks book called The Missing Link, he talks about uh, where the. Both the form and the formless together create the whole, the oneness of life, that which we call God. Right. It's like. Oh, wait, I can't get so much so tied up in the formless energy of life that I'm no good in form. Because there are rules in form. You jump off a roof, you top, you want to, your ass going to hit the ground. Yeah. Like you, can, you, can, you can scream all you want, anything is possible. But to jump off the top of that house, your ass going to hit the ground. Yeah. Right? That's form world. There are rules to that. But if I go to the formless, if I sit back with you right now, we close our eyes and I say, let's jump off the building, but we're not going to jump. We're going to fly. See, there we can do it. And we can feel and we can experience it when we do it, what we're feeling like. Yes. Right? But that's in the formless world. That's that's what lets me know anything is possible because I am of that creative energy of life. But in my consciousness of form. I got rules. I got to eat. I got to sleep. I have to digest. I have to release waste. I have to groom. Like, yeah, there's rules to, to this side, you know, but what makes them not get so convoluted? What makes them not get so overwhelming is how much I never forget about the spiritual side. Yes. And so I say it all the time. Them the two partners I'm dancing with, my spirituality and my humanity. They're my yin and yang sign. Like 
they're they're it for me. And and I'm trying as best as possible to get to where they flow so seamlessly um, because it, it, sometimes it feels sticky. Sometimes I feel a little bit too spiritual in places where I could just lend a helping hand. It's kind of like what mother, that uh, story about Mother Teresa when they asked her, like, you know, you can, we can give you this and we'll do this and we'll do this. And she's like, can you give me some bananas? And they're <laughs> like, uh, what? She's like, yeah, some bananas. And they was like, no, no, we could do this. She's like, no, just some bananas. But what they didn't see was there was some people out front who were hungry. And she knows bananas are nourishing and things like that. So she just wanted to feed the hungry. Yes. Like she was, she was in a different space. She, it, it was flowing, right? Yeah. And there sometimes I do get too techy techy in the form piece and I forget about the spirit and it ain't got no life in it. There's no life in it. So I'm, I'm trying to, to, to gain a flow with this thing that's seamless, that whichever one needs to be leading for the dance, that's who take control. I love it. God, Rob, we've got two minutes <laughs> and I have so many other things I had in mind to talk to you about. No, go ahead. Give me one more. I'm going to text, yes, clearly, I'm a text clearly, and say. <laughs> clearly, we're going to have, we might have to have a part two with you. I'm with um, Okay. Give me the basics. Give us the basics. Where can people find you? What do you have on offer? Got it. Uh, easiest way to find me is I'm Rob Cook. I am R-O-B-C-O-O-K. Um, that's going to be social media handles as well as .com for the website, as well as Rob at I'm RobCook.com for the email address. So um, that's, that's pretty much how to find me. What's on offer is um, right now, everything to me is is coming through the life after trauma program and the life after trauma program is broken down into two actual different parts and one part is for those who are actually themselves facing or suffering from the adverse effects of trauma and the second group is for those who are in direct support of so if you are a practitioner or if you have a loved one that's going through trauma and the reason I set it up that way was the old old uh, metaphor of trying to burn the wick at both ends. I just felt like if I could touch the life of those suffering as well as touch the life of those who are surrounding them and directly supporting them, then I, I have a real bit good shot at a shift in this conscious level on how we um, deal with life after trauma. Yeah, that's beautiful. Oh, God. So I have one final question, but I have a, a, a one little question. No, and, and, shoot him up. <laughs> okay. And I feel like this little question is, is actually quite big. So do your best in the, you know, in the spirit of time to, can you give a quick, um, God, this feels blasphemous to say it this way. I apologize to all of the pod squad listening to this right now, but can you give your kind of insightful perspective on what trauma is. Gotcha. Uh-huh. Go for it. Good yeah, luck. Um, <laughs> and I say good luck only because of timeliness, not because no, of trauma. As I explain it is an inability to move forward after an experience. Perfect. Yeah. 
Yeah. Some people define it as an experience where your life is in danger. I, and I totally understand that. Yes. But I find in my work that there are people who may not have experienced the danger of losing their life, but felt like they were losing the security of what they've built up as their world. So for instance, um, the breadwinner of a family losing their job. Now to them, they've lost the ability to take care of their family. And that's going to create an adverse effects of stress and pain. The same as if a bomb goes somebody across, across someone's head. So for me, it's just when someone has stopped living after, after an experience, they're stuck. They, they, you know, break the clocks. Yeah. That is so succinct and makes so much sense. Thank you. <laughs> Curious. Thank you. <laughs> right now, I like the way he, actually, when you don't have that much time, you, you do get simple and you don't use words. Cause that's, I, I like saying it like that. Um, so I'm, I'm kind of glad you, we got to the point cause I probably would have rambled on it. Cause yeah. to me, I got weight on it cause I teach it often and I think it's important, but it's no difference than my colleagues who help people with anxiety. It's no difference than getting people through the door for confidence. It's no difference than what moves you with Jesse. Like it's no different, you know? Yeah. So I'm, I'm glad I only got to say it a little in that way. Cause what's most important is all the other things we were talking about that, you know, there are, yeah. there's a through line to this understanding, giving you a new experience of life. Yes. Exactly. And a new experience of yourself is what I'm hearing from you with what you help people in the way that you help people. Because like you said, when um, I think we can put so much weight on what trauma means, especially these days with, hey, I am so happy that there is more awareness around certain certain psychological experiences that people have, um, especially since COVID, when we've all gotten on our phones 20 times as much, and we've all been through <laughs> quite, an, quite an experience together. I mean, this week, you know, as of, I'm, I'm sure this is going to be released a little bit after, you know, but as of this week where you and I are, we're coming up on three years since the first shutdown date of COVID. So mm -hmm. it's kind of, uh, it's kind of a beautiful thing for you to define it so simply, but it actually in and of itself, the way that you put it brings freedom already because it's, it's something that isn't, you're not saying it's, it's something that identifies somebody, which I think people. No, can get. that's yes. That's a very good point. That's the, a distinction that. Yeah. Most people think the traumatic experience is is their identity. Yes. I, I used to lead with it myself. Yes. Hey, Rob, you want to introduce yourself? Say a little bit about you. Yeah, my name is Rob. Um, I'm I have PTSD. But like, what? Like, yeah. what does that mean? Yeah. That's that, all that means is that's how I make decisions. Very overanalyzing. That means I may jump when I hear a loud noise. That's what that means. But that doesn't talk about who I am. Uh, yeah. Those are behaviors I grew accustomed to doing as a result of trying to stay alive in certain environments. And now I have an inability of looking clean at the environment I'm in, I'm bumping furniture, right? Uh, well, then now that that light's on, and oh shit, the light's on, I ain't got to bump furniture. I come back. I still look over my shoulder if I get a loud noise. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> I do. Yeah. And I just come right back if it's nothing there. That's all. Yes. 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 It sounds like this understanding has, 
helped you to not um, make anything, make any meaning of it as far as what does it mean about me or what does it mean oh, about man. my life that I, that I jump still? Because I've done it. That's, yes. I've done it. Like I've, I've used that power of thought as we talked about. I've already lived the life of using it as a weapon. Yeah. I've, I've stabbed myself and shot the hell out of myself with this thought weapon. Yeah. I've nuked myself even. I've even thought thoughts with this is going to just end all of all existence here with this thought. Yeah. You know? And then you're like, shit, doesn't work. <laughs> doesn't, not anymore. You know, like, not anymore. That helps nothing. Yes. I mean, it helps absolutely nothing. Yes. All right. Last and final question. Rob Cook, before I say it, thank you so much again for coming on. You are just magnificent. Thank you. Here we go. Rob Cook, what moves you? Life. And the blessing of getting to live it. I have nothing else to add. (laughs) I've rendered me speechless. Thank you so much again. Thank you. Thank you for letting me be here. Yes. Well, I have a feeling you will not be a stranger to my life, people listening or to this podcast. So (laughs) we will keep the conversation going. But again, thank you so much again and have a wonderful rest of your day. The same to you. And thank you to everybody listening. I love you all. Awesome. Thanks, Rob. I'll talk to you soon. (laughs) Bye. Thank you for listening to What Moves You with Jesse. Let's stay connected. You can find more ideas and strategies on being human on my Instagram at What Moves You with Jesse. Sign up for my newsletter or learn more about working with me at whatmovesyouwithjesse.com and please rate and review the show and let us know what you think and what resonated. I read every single review. They mean so much to me. You can also call in on our hotline with your thoughts on what resonated there too. It is always live at 818-646-JESS. That's 818-646-JESS. What Moves You with Jesse is produced by Mike McGraw and Tinker City Music. Now, let's take a deep breath and give ourselves permission to live in this moment for what truly moves you.